mean, we are super excited for this Elderflower Lambic by Two Roads. Shameless plug because we love them. Elderflower makes a great band name. Uh, I call it um, Dibs. Honestly, Dibs. so I really want to do an all-girls punk band here love in it. Connecticut. I really yes. love it. I want to be a drummer because I hate singing. Good. But Elderflower sounds kind of legit. It, it does work. That actually sounds awesome. It's super like you wouldn't expect it. Like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm going to go see Elderflower and you're going to expect like... Mumfords and Sons, yeah. and then Blue you show grass. up and we're just like hardcore. What do they want? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like this. I like this a lot. Um, on this note, before I get too f- uh, further along, I'm not going to redo this. I'm just going to say we're here with Cherokee Robbins of Alvarium. It's we're Cherokee here. Sour Slayer. I'm sorry. Robbins. It's government name. How dare you? what it says on your license? I'm going to go fuck myself here. <laughs> Prove it. I always, I always, Jeff can attest, I always ask being like, what should I call you? And we just went right with it. And I was like, 50-50 chance. I'll cut You've that You've never part. asked me that. No, you don't have to cut anything. It's great. I'm not cutting that. Just kidding. He's it's never, all he's never asked I'm cutting he's none of this. Me. This tastes like a strawberry banana shake that I had for breakfast yeah. this morning. Um, right? It's it's literally the best thing ever. Is so a little good? bit of context, So Cherokee. like, I don't work for Smooge, but like, yeah, no. I could probably drink this. Put, Put some, put a little That's bit a more start. flavor on that. We need, we need a shipment of smooge. That was like, like the bare minimum. We need a shipment. Of yeah, no, we we need that smooge money like really bad. Like we need that so yeah, podcasting is expensive. Hey, so if you're listening Shut to this podcast, make sure you go smooge. out and buy smooge. Yeah, and, tell them uh, ten fifty six sent you. Exactly. Right, buy Alvarium. Wait, what are we doing? We're we're. No, this is great. No free ads. If you want like yogurt with alcohol in it, buy Smooch. That's, <laughs> I mean, that's the best <laughs> review of Smooch wow. in the entire world. That is actually that's actually perfect. Um. So before we go any further, I want to say Cherokee, like thank you in all seriousness for having us. I know it's like seven thirty, almost eight o'clock on a Tuesday. It's very it's random for us to be here, but thank you. Absolutely. I'm having Cluster Under right now. Things I'm are great. I'm having B-Side. Excellent. I'm so happy you chose B-Side. Yeah. It's one of our most underrated beers. It's so refreshing. Yes. So, like, it is marketed as, like, a hoppy blonde, but it drinks like an IPA, and I wish that more people would give it the opportunity. Every beer fest we went to this season, we brought that, and people were loving it. I'm so... I'm very pleased. If you see B-Side, absolutely grab it on the shelves because it's such an easygoing. Like, last summer when we first started making it and packaging it, I was doing yard work, and I would bring a keg home with me on, like, a Thursday. Nice. And, like, me and my sister and her husband, while we were just doing, like, garden work and stuff in the backyard, like, we would just crush the keg. It's a great summer crushy drinking. That's yeah. one of my favorite adjectives. Crushable. It's, crushable. it's a pretty contentious it's adjective. It's actually an adjective on the crunchy roll can. It just says it like crushable yes. lager. That was the one that's the beer that we reviewed. We did we reviewed Alvarium like two years ago. Now. Oh yeah. Yes. I've seen it. She saw now I'm self conscious. <laughs> no, so 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 we we established before we started recording. Tom M's here, guys. You are going to just you, you're on your here. Stouts versus sours. Tom M and I are gonna have to get back together. And figure this it's out. still in my head. Wait, we're just we're just gonna share microphones. <laughs> <laughs> my show now. Wow, I just really ruined this podcast. I'm sorry, or it's made totally it more fine. fun. I don't know. Uh, You're gonna you know, make everything about yourself anyway, so it's not fine. Really. Go for it. Um, yeah, we gotta do it again. It's still in the back of my head. Hopefully, uh, we could actually do like a cool event. But hey, wait, guess wait, wait, what? Wait, let's, let's, let's take one step back. What What are we talking about okay. specifically? Go ahead. So two years ago, we did a Stouts versus Sours event. Ooh. So Tom M. does um, for the Smilo Yale New Haven Hospital Cancer. Yep. Um, Which he, you're a part of now. Right, exactly. So, um, oh, yeah. and so what we do also. in the craft beer community, it's called Team Craft Beer. We all ride bicycles and we raise money for the same cause mm-hmm. to continue to contribute funds to the... Um, cancer research for children at the Yale New Haven Hospital. And Tom M is, as much as I hate to admit it, a superhero because when he came to us with this idea, he already had an entire month of events planned and he wanted to end the month with a bang. And knowing that us at Alvarium, where we party hard here and our tap room is always ridiculously, insanely busy, he was like, you know what? At the end of the month, we're going to do a Stouts versus Sours. Ooh. And the idea came up from 
a um, guild social that we had at Two Roads earlier in the year. I was wearing a sour shirt. He was wearing his stout shirt. And we took a picture together. And him and I looked at each other and we were like, we should do an event, stout versus sours. Yeah. So we then turned it into a competitive charity funding kind of event where we had right here in Alvarium, we had, I think, what was it, four or five different beers of stout? Well, we had like eight different beers. Yeah, we had, I believe it was four stouts in Connecticut and four sours in Connecticut. And And all the breweries donated their beer to the cause and we all offered flights and everybody voted. Huge cheer. uh, And we did. Uh, we raised so much fucking money that day. I'm sorry. Am I allowed to swear on this? Yes, you, you can, can swear all you want. All right. You Just say whatever you, you, say whatever <laughs> whatever you want. You could say whatever the fuck you want. Whatever I you, have the mouth of a trailer truck driver, so Whatever you're comfortable putting on the air. That's nice. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> exactly. uh, we raised roughly $3,600 that night from raffle Just and that one night. Who, who won? And, and then we've... I I'm was pretty sure about, Sours won that night. You had home field advantage. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> That's never. They don't ever say that in sports. Like, oh, you just won because you had home field advantage. It was home field. <laughs> no, it was home field advantage. No one says. Well, that. we actually actually had. I actually cut up little things, voting things. It's like, what was your best? What was your best? And Alvarium. It was the. What did you have on that day? I don't even day? remember had, what sour um, we had on. I want to. I don't want to say bomb pop, but it was because it was. Maybe winter. ecto cooler. No, or it definitely wasn't ecto cooler. Maybe it was scorpion bowl. Can't I think it was maybe up. one of the first times that we had score. I don't know. Either way, we yeah. had a sour yeah. on, and then we. I'd had have to look it up. We had a bunch of breweries that were like, this is such a cool event, and they all donated either a stout or a sour, and I felt bad because I was supposed to do the sour part of it, but mm. running a business, Tom thankfully came in and handled all of the organizing of Super getting the beers, hero. and then he also set up a gigantic table of additionally donated prizes. Wow, we did for, a dollar um, raffle, a $5 raffle, and silent auction. And a silent auction. Because the community... Donated so much, so today. much, so stuff. much. I put it out there. Beer, and people were like, sure, we why had not? like handmade car wood carved like knives. Yeah, my like, buddy, it was my insane. buddy uh, donated knives. Muffin, Muffin Man donated yeah. knives. He donated knives to that. And then we had a ton of bottles. And the best bottles I picked, put aside. This is be Colds Road donated bottles before Colds Road was open. Either way, we really hope to do this event soon because what? it. We packed the house. Right. Everybody had a great time, and. We were trying to plan it. Obviously, COVID happened, but it was such a great event. And now that both of us have um, nonprofit organizations that we mm-hmm. both do a lot of... Excuse me, I just burped. Mm-hmm. It's an alcohol podcast. People are going to burp. <laughs> Sorry. Um, now that we... Like, when when Tom came to me with this, I was so excited about it. Either way, I'm always about charity. Like, even us here at Avalarium, we do a bunch of stuff for the community and fundraising and being a part of everything that goes on around us. We want to just make sure that um, everybody's taken care of. And, you know, so now that I have my um, charity that I, it's a little bit more in tune to what I'm doing and he has his charity in tune with what he's doing as for many years now. um, A lot of the fundraising that I do is to, to the Jordan Porco foundation to, um, bring awareness, mental health and suicide awareness in young adults in mostly the college community. They're located in Wethersfield uh, and they do a lot of outreach programs and they're very involved. So anything that I do here charity wise based on Alvarium sales or whatever I do outside in the field has to do with that because it's a situation that's very near and dear to my heart. So I feel like the next time we do this kind of event, I mean, it's a friendly competition, but at the end of the day, the money's being raised to yeah. great charitable community causes. So, um, and that's the number one. But a number two is like, who won? Right? And Sours won. Tom. Let's backtrack even further. Ooh, so okay. I'm Cherokee. I'm the Sour Slayer here at Alvarian Beer Company. <laughs> You're known. She's introducing herself. So um, I've been a part of Alvarian Beer Company for three years now. Uh, we've been open for four, going on five. It's really crazy to think of that. We opened June of 2017. That is crazy because I imagine you guys much older. Based on our, yeah, <laughs> to be honest old. with you, we're super appreciative of the support that we've had through this entire progression of our company. Yeah. And I mean, I can't speak too much further about you know 
what the owner's dreams are, but I know personally on my perspective that I would have never thought that I'd be where I am right now three years later. So it's a huge accomplishment for me yeah. personally. Absolutely. Um, so um, Alvarium opened June of 2017, and I was working at Wood and Tap over on the Berlin Turnpike in Newington. Just opened that restaurant. And they used to come in all the time when they were doing this whole build-out construction process. They all had full-time day jobs, and then they would come here at night, you know, blowing walls out, pouring cement. All the pictures in our front hall when you enter the building shows all of our construction photos, thanks to Kate Bugnacki, a.k.a. the craft sorceress, our tapper manager here. Awesome. She's really good with that stuff. Um and it really just tells you the story of how Alvarium kind of came about. So, you know, Wooden Tap was always open late night. Our food menu stopped at midnight, which was great for them because they were working all night. They would come and have a couple beers and hang out. And they got to know me and the staff there. And we just really built this relationship. And then eventually it got to the point where most of the business model was based off the tap room. And then eventually people started asking, people being me and uh sam andrews managers of wooden tap so everyone everyone beer. was saying yeah <laughs> you know whenever they Shit say they say you know that you're they yeah. yeah so it's they it's me yeah i'm the they <laughs> um so i was like hey when are you guys gonna start you know distributing your beer and they never really thought about it and then they started distributing it um then it got to the point where you know all of them were full-time jobs they can't really handle that and they were like we're actually looking for a sales rep so I had been at Wooden Tap for two and a half years at that point and uh, became a manager. And I was like, you know what? I'm looking for a career change. So you know what? Let's do it. So I came on with them October of 2018. And ever since then, I haven't regretted my decision. So uh, I've been so, it, Honestly, like, you sound like you love it. Oh, yeah. I, I've interviewed some people who were like, yeah, it's, you know, it's a job. Yeah. Like when you look in the mirror, you. Like, yeah. That's like I was trying to deflect. <laughs> no, it sounds. Like, it honestly sounds like you're really <laughs> passionate about this. So tell tell people at home who are listening exactly what you do here. So you're you said sales rep, but I know it's something a little bit more than just what that term means. So. Oh yeah. So, so. <clears throat> anything outside of this building right here on John Downey Drive is pretty much me. So I manage all of the sales and distribution here. Um, we thankfully just hired another sales rep to handle the eastern part of Connecticut. And his name is Evan Hill, and he's kind of a big deal. Shout out to Evan. Wow. So I actually, I have a question that I've never had the chance to ask, because I really never sat down with, like, people that work in sales for beer, for breweries. When you, like, pitch your beer to, like, comics at Bohegan Sun, what is, like, the main pitch? Like, the elevator pitch that you say, it's like, Hey, we have like this beer, and it's this really will popular. make you younger. This will, you know, what like what do you what do you tell? Is them? it that crazy? So here's the thing about craft beer: we're more blue collar, we're not white collar. There really isn't an elevator pitch in this community. Oh yeah, it's more so about I know I make an IPA that 17 other breweries make the exact same with the same hops and the same malts, and they do it the same. <laughs> it really comes down to brand recognition oh. and the. Um, consumer desire to want to purchase that product. So me personally, I never thought that I was ever going to be a salesperson. And it's hard to say that after coming from behind a bar because that's all you do is sell. Sure. You know, like, yeah. hey, I they want a Manhattan. It. Okay, what kind of bourbon do you want with that? Do you want Woodford or do you want Bullet? Woodford is going to be an extra 75 cents per drink on the tab. Of course I want them to order Woodford because that's upping the ante. But at the end of the day, when it comes to the craft beer industry, the market is super competitive. Oh, yeah. And I personally don't have an elevator pitch. To be honest with everybody here, like, I don't have an elevator pitch. So, so what do you say? Sell me this pen. So Sell me this pen, Jordan Belfort. Me personally, when I'm scouting out a prospect account, right, like it's a new liquor store, it's a new right. bar, whatever, um, what I'm doing is I'm going in there confidently because I'm a female Hair in the flip. I'm a female in the beer industry and if I don't carry myself confidently, I'm gonna get ran over. It's true. Let's yeah. just state the facts. Yeah. Um, and I'm gonna bring a variety of our core brands, right? So like our top sellers like fresh, 
Honey Shot, um, Crunchy Roll. I don't know if you've had Crunchy Roll, Love but it. if you haven't, you're lying to yourself about life. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, we've had Crunchy Roll. Oh, you great. did a barrel aged Crunchy Roll. We right? reviewed oh, it on a tangent. Yeah, we Dragon reviewed Crunchy Roll. Roll. We absolutely yeah. loved it. I'm not even shitting. I remember loving the can. In case nobody has recognized the fact that yes, Crunchy Roll is an amazing four percent as labeled crushable lager. Crushable. Oh, I thought you were I actually want to do a competition of called Brewer's Choice where they just blindly taste lagers because if Crunchy Roll wins, it's just another notch in my belt personally for my goal. Rice lager. Rice lager. Mm-hmm. All right. So you got to turn the can a little bit and actually read the side of our cans. How many taps we have in B-side? Uh, I think 15 or 16. That's a lot. Yeah. I like that. So that's our private event space, by the way. Nice. Uh, we went through a massive expansion. Um, we are not there right now. We are in the middle of the uh, In the, the middle tap of the tap room, the mm-hmm. home base. But... Um, so we finally acquired another portion of the building that we're in, and we expanded our brew house, which very much needed to happen because guys were killing me on a seven-barrel quad batch system. They were here brewing like 24 hours a day, and they're like, I fucking hate you because I was like, we need more fresh. But <laughs> now we're at the capacity in the brew house Work. side. Work. Yeah, Work. exactly. <laughs> Dicky, thank fucking God. He's a saint. <laughs> he just takes it on the chin. He's he's totally so, just no, like, you're so great. You need to be grateful that I love what I do because <laughs> uh, here we are. Um, but, yeah, we have a four-vessel, 15-barrel system now with three 60-barrel tanks, um, six 30-barrel tanks, six 15-barrel tanks, four different size. Um, um Come on, Evan, come in clutch. Come on, Evan. Come on, Evan. No, we have two 15-barrel lagering tanks, but what's the other one that I'm looking for? Bright tanks? Bright tanks. We have four different sized bright tanks. tanks. Sorry, I'm a little bit, uh, it's the end of the day, so my Mm -hmm. brain's fucked up. Um, So now we have a much more efficient capacity to just crank out beer. Uh, We were just brewing on a seven-barrel system, and it was really rough for a long time. Our tanks were full 24-7 and just turning it out, and now we are pumping out the beers. Um, We have the capacity to do 11,000 barrels a year, which is more than I can count. We're Mm. only doing like 3,000 barrels a year. Still more than I can count. Yeah. (laughs) We're we're very much at the capacity to do a lot more things, but we're just kind of like... We installed everything. Uh, Mike Larson is the partner of Alvarium that handles all of our brew house operations and production and construction. So he designed the entire thing because they, him and Brian Bugnacki, uh, partners here, that they knew when they had this dream they wanted to go big or go home. Yeah. And now that they have the team in place to really set set ablaze, they're ready to go. So That's awesome. Um, Right now, we're just only covering Connecticut when it comes to terms of outside sales and distribution, but we are looking at Massachusetts and Rhode Island for next year, and at that point, we'll only be open for five years, and that's a huge milestone that's for massive. a lot of breweries in Connecticut. That's so awesome. Already looking to invade other states. Absolutely. Good. Take you over. Know? Take over. DJ Khaled said it best. Take we it are over. taking over. <laughs> he did say it best. He he is he coming here? I wish we could have Confirmed. DJ Khaled. This is a, this is a, this is a moment where we're going to say DJ Khaled should come here right now. So I I have a general question. I don't mean to harp on the whole like distro thing because I am a Ask dork. me whatever you want. I'm it's a totally dork fine. for analytics. So when you're trying to like pitch something, are you trying to pitch the staples like those the freshest, the honey shots or whatnot? Absolutely. Or are you like, guess what? We have, I got a case of Vector Cooler in the back here. Be kind of cool to sweeten the deal. Wink, wink. Do you do any of that or no? So to be honest with you, um, when it comes to distribution outside of the tap room, we're really looking for um, accounts that are going to take us on as a core brand. So, mm-hmm. for example, any bar or restaurant that you go to in Connecticut, you're always going to see common tap handles like Nebco or Back East or right. Counterweight or Two Roads. Shameless plug because we love them. Um, love them. Love Two Roads. But um, when you go to those places – and you order those beers, you know what you're going to get from them because it's going to be like one of five possibilities, but you're going to love either one of them. So that's pretty much what we're aiming for. Um, There are definitely times when we have 
you know, accounts that have been with us now being open with our distribution branch for three years that uh, we're like, hey, I only have a couple of logs of this and you've been so loyal to us for a long time. Would you be interested? You know, like we definitely open that olive branch, but we try not to be too crazy about it mm-hmm. because of the way that the market is super competitive and it's it becomes really like a weird gray area when you start when an account with only your specialty items. You know what I mean? So mm. like if I only have ten True. logs of cluster nutter in stock for distribution. Pretty, pretty cool. The way that the Connecticut liquor laws state, like we have to make it available to everybody. Oh, interesting. Yes. I actually didn't know that. There's a lot of laws behind distribution. Don't get and excited about laws. This is some no no no. I'm I'm by no means certified in any of this. He loves a TTB. No. <laughs> TTB, I you don't know me. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> they um, don't. I'm they sorry. Go ahead. That was pretty good. I'll give you but that. Um, so the thing is that <laughs> Connecticut is Someone one of the me. last few states in New England that has liquor laws that hasn't been changed since Prohibition era <laughs> until about two years ago when the CT Brewers Guild actually stepped up and really pushed the envelope with yeah, it. Yeah, they did. And we may not have accomplished all of our agenda, but we certainly pushed the envelope with a lot of things in favor of us craft breweries here in Connecticut. So one of the biggest things was changing it from, what was it, seven? Liters to nine gallons. So yep. we changed nine it nine from gallons. nine liters, which who the fuck counts liters in America, to nine gallons. So for those of you that don't understand that math, nine gallons is essentially you could buy one five-gallon log plus a couple of four-packs from the tap room directly if you want to, instead of, you know, avoid going to a liquor store and you want to come to your brewery because you're a diehard, you know, say you're a mug club member or a VIP or whatever, buy absolutely. You have a kegerator at home, buy a fucking log. It's only five and a half or 5.2 gallons. Go for it. It's actually going to be more cost-effective and last you a lot longer. Yep. Um, but in terms of like not burning the bridges with our distribution accounts, we had to make sure that we kind of like played that balancing act. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Especially during COVID. That oh, was one true. of the biggest, hardest things was that we had to stay alive and afloat. But we also wanted to make sure for those breweries that did distribute, we didn't burn bridges with our retail partners. Right. So gotcha. how did you achieve that balance? Um, us personally here at Alvarium, we've always had a very strong, solid following here in the tap room. Yeah. Um, and when we had to switch to basically becoming, we call it, we called it Alvarium-zon, like Amazon, where uh-huh. we just up, we just revamped. So Brian and Kate, our tap room manager, spent like two days straight of just revamping and inventorying everything that we had in the entire building. Alvarium from A to Z. Exactly. So the, would the head be Jeffrey B. Sos? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to leave now. All right, everyone, turn off my mic. I'll just see myself out. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, Give that was applause. a good one. Awesome. Round of applause. Um, so Brian and Kate took inventory of everything, and we launched our online store within two days of being shut down on that Monday during COVID. And we were Super able... Super efficient. And it's... It was super awesome, and then we started realizing that we started selling stuff that we never sold in person in the tap room. Like, if you turn around behind you... Looking behind me? There's a whole wall of doggy beer merch. Oh, yeah. We I have beer and wine here. and frisbees and t-shirts and, and collars and keychains and all kinds of stuff. And, like, you know, when people visit our tap room, they kind of bypass that stuff unless they're a dog parent. Sure. And they're like, One oh, goal this is in cool. Mind, and that is your beer. But, like... When you're, like, online, because I know I'm bad for it, when I'm shopping on Amazon, and I'm like, I don't need this, but I'm going to put it in my cart. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Wish list. We, exactly. We put everything online, like, even those tacker signs. Like, you wouldn't think, like, who the fuck wants a can of clustered yeah, tacker sign in their, not, in their mm, living def- room? Definitely not me. Tyler's going to buy one when he leaves. I already, <laughs> I already have one. <laughs> I already have no, but one. I hear, I hear what you're saying. Cause like, but, like, things all become of this more available because um, – when they come in, they have they they're here to buy one right. thing. Right, you kind of have like blindfolds. Right, you're yeah. like you know you're but coming that's in gone at, or blinders. I'm sorry, you're coming in and you're just beelining right to the line. Good pun. And you're looking at, you know, 
because that, we're worker bees. Today? You're just going to look for bee puns? I'm just going to keep doing it. Oh, you Dr. Bees for the rest of this. I mean, we are your worker bees. Just saying. Ah, so good. It's so good. But, you like, know you know, people make a beeline in. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not giving you credit for that again. That's too on the nose. Right, and go on. Go on. Making a beeline blind. So they the make a beeline <laughs> to the fucking bar over here. Jesus. Sorry, I keep swearing. Um, yeah, and the only thing fine. they see is the tap list, right? They don't understand that. Especially you just, on these big screens. If you just slightly turn to your right, we have a array of glassware. First of all, we have some really awesome, fancy-ass Pilsner glasses. Ty, you have that? Oh, those are actually I'm going to really hook cool. you guys up with those tonight. Okay. Super nice. Threaten wow. you with a good time. <laughs> um, but we've got, Yo, like, yes, we have so yes. much merchandise here <laughs> that, you know, obviously, like, T-shirts and stuff, you know, that's an obvious thing. But there's a lot of, like, little things that we didn't think were selling before until are. we got our online site going. And we were just like became Alvarium Amazon, where we were just like packing orders and yeah. boxing them and setting them up. Like we had this whole thing set up where it was like all your bo- all of your orders were labeled, and you come in or you call us, and we'll put it in your trunk. Like it became this whole thing, and that's just not even us. Plenty of breweries across the state did the same thing. Yes, yeah. Yeah, and then we to a bunch. you start realizing like what sells and what doesn't. So we started phasing some things out. And then we started bringing new stuff in. Like, we got some really awesome Alvarium socks over there in case you haven't seen them. Oh, I see them. Those are I'm pretty looking sick. at that Crunchyroll hat right now. That's a nice you hat. love trucker hats, dude. I'm debating that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, the Crunchyroll hat. Is it Evan? Are you just, are you just that good at selling it right now? No, no, no. Get it now. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm selling it now. We, now. We're in the Toyota-thon's going to end next week. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Toyota-thon. This, 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 this 2008 Crunchy, Toyota Crunchy Camry Crunchyroll-thon is ending <laughs> next week. Come get your T-shirts and your hats. Yeah. I can I can finance that hat right now. <laughs> Let you lease it, okay. <laughs> I'm gonna lose money on this ad. Crunchy roll of time. That's so good. Uh, but even like those gray hoodies up in that type right corner. Oh yeah. Yep. Those cool. are wind repellent, wi- um, rain repellent. You can oh. zip moisture wick. Oh, we got things. we got yeah. some modeling going on. We got a model on. over here. Like Holly in the building. Thing. Come say hi, Holly. She's strutting. So Holly, Holly is our assistant tapper manager, and she's kind of the bomb.com. So she came to us about, what, three months ago? Uh, five. Five months ago. <laughs> wow, Holly. how time flies. Time flies, man. Holly, Holly how do you introduce yourself. How do you as, like working As your here? actual true barrel-age name. Hey, I'm Holly. I'm the barrel-age Bansy, and I am the assistant tapper manager here at Alvarium. <laughs> so everybody that works here at Alvarium, you have to have a fun name. You can't just be like, hi, I'm Evan. Yeah. Evan is the <laughs> boring crispy boy. Crispy boy, okay. Evan is our resident crispy boy, and Holly came from the wine industry, and she loves barrel aged beers. Nice. So it just barrel made sense banshee. for her to be the barrel aged banshee, and I'm the sour slayer, and Kate is the craft sorceress. We all have. This fun sounds here. like it's a D and D campaign. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Mm. You have the tables. I say go for it. <laughs> we probably should start doing that. We D- should have like D&D night on Tuesdays when Ooh, we're closed. Yeah. You know what? I have a 20 Go on. We're going to that. Oh, we're going to that? Let's do it. I'm free. You guys want to like help? Open. We can co-promote we're that. We're already in a campaign. We'll do another one. We're in a campaign. I don't know. I don't I'm a know rogue elf. No big deal. I'm a rogue elf. <laughs> no, what are you in your campaign? Yes. Sorry, no one saw that joke. Okay, cool. No, 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 it's cool. It's what cool, it's cool. Never mind. It's not irrelevant. So, <laughs> all right. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, Evan. One of the, one of the coolest great. things is the um, during the pandemic because that was so hard on everybody is to watch breweries, especially the ones we've interviewed, pivot so beautifully. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. and actually see a lot of really great success. Sometimes more success than they did outside absolutely. of the pandemic, and it's it's just cool to watch businesses pivot like that. Yeah. I love that. I love. That. I don't have a question following up with that. I'm and even like, <laughs> so here's the thing. Uh, I love the guys at Little House. Have you guys interviewed them not yet? yet? No, but I feel like there's a big butt going on. No. No, there's not a big butt. Okay. You guys got to get mind. into Little House. I have. I have the calendar. Sam and Lyle are really fucking awesome. Yeah. I think you guys would all get along really well. There's someone that said that they should interview them, but I don't know if they're going to be the 69th interview. 69th episode. Wait, this is the 69th episode, by the way. Uh, Ayo! Ayo. Oh, it is the 69th episode. This is going to be the 69th episode. You guys need to tell me what photos you need because Melissa Jones does a great. Do you follow her, Fermentology? Yes. Yes. She's been doing an amazing fucking job. Isn't Tom Cruise into Fermentology? I feel like. (laughs) (laughs) 
Plead the fifth. I don't know what that means. <laughs> that was. I may have gotten that. That was probably the best that joke I've heard all year. Uh, yeah, she did like a whole profile on you. I actually, I actually did yeah. see that. Yep. That was awesome. So, yeah, any photos that you guys need, let me know. And so I always say send them up. all. Yeah. And I'll like for our social media, like I will. Because I know you guys do that. It's really cool how you guys do your social media as like that's a all block Tyler. of three. That is, yeah, I that's was like say, it's his magic. And it's great because like when we went to CBC this year, like it's called the Craft Brewers Conference, and they have it every year at a different location. And it's secret really location. Did they don't tell anybody? Did they What's talk that? about? Me? They have a secret location. They go at different locations. They change. You guys it up. should probably make it out. They have the next one in May and in Minneapolis. You should probably in Minneapolis. In Minneapolis. So you should probably do an interview at Little House, and maybe they can get you an in to the Minneapolis CBC oh, for Yo, the Craft Brewers Conference. Cut this, cut this part of the, out of the episode yeah. so we, uh, we can keep I'm it secret. I'm just going to walk around. <laughs> keep it safe. Like, uh, keep it safe. Like Cassim G. Put it in your very, pocket. Very pointed. That's like a shameless plug right there. He gets it. Yeah, that's old school YouTube. Old school YouTube. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the Craft Brewers Conference is great Thank you, Evan. because... They Sorry, still going. It's a bunch of different like vendors and stuff. It's all like you're basically just wholesale shopping, you yeah. know, like, oh, we need this kind of software, or hey, here's this new brew house equipment. It's very like it's not like GABF. It's very like industry specific. Yes, That's it's industry specific, yeah. and and all of the vendors there are really about like selling their products, but they're passionate about this industry specifically. They're not just like, hey, we're from another country and we just want to make money off of you. They're very like, hey. We know specifically what you're looking for because we have looked at and worked with brewers in the community and know what you guys want and what your demands are. So it's really awesome. Um, But there are a lot of vendors where you guys could absolutely thrive, where you could definitely get connections in other states. And I could totally send you a ton of, like, the contacts that I have and. Even in New England, North Carolina, Florida, like I've met a lot of people all over the place. Yeah. That would be like, you know, totally down with this because based off of your premise and like your social media and what you're all about, yeah. like you're just trying to promote craft beer in general. Th- you that's know, really like, what it comes down to. And I have a, I have a marketing background, so when I oh, okay, yeah, I do. I used to run like million dollar accounts, like no big deal. It's not all about me, but whatever. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, when I went into this, Sorry, like the I'm one thing, no, now. it's totally fine. The one thing I didn't want to do was become something that was like boring or flat or something that wasn't going to catch your eye. And ironically enough, and not to sound like a douchebag, but by oh, doing less, by uh, devoting three posts to like one episode, I feel like it stands out a little bit. Like, yeah, it kind of yeah, like colors you as far as like what you can actually do on a. And that's something that works. I learned in, in, in one of the um, seminars at CBC. Yeah. It was all about there's actually this entire company that is based off of craft beer marketing awards. Um, And all they do is they have volunteer, um, they have volunteer judges from all across the nation. And, you know, people vote like in a community based thing like, hey, we promote this brewery to be, you know, voted into this judging competition. And they vote things like marketing and social media mm-hmm. and, you know, brand awareness. And, like, it's all about your brand, but the thoroughness of it, whether right. it be sales and distribution, tap room, what it's your connected. T-shirt looks like, what your social media looks like, the pictures that you hang mm-hmm. on your wall. Like, there's so much more to it. And I would love to connect you guys with them yes. because I feel like what you're doing is very incorporated with the craft like beer industry and not just marketing, just like the story behind it as well. Exactly. You know? And that's kind of the whole premise. Like I said, I'm trying to, I had the idea of doing a craft beer podcast, but I was like, when the fuck do I have time for that? But like, <laughs> I ask myself that every week. The premise of what you guys are doing is it has so much potential to go way beyond that. Yeah. And just like, not even just Connecticut, just like in general, mm-hmm. you know, like just connecting with people all over the place. Like I said, my friend Sean from Founders that represents the brand in Connecticut. Like he's, you know, Founders isn't in Connecticut, but like he's a very integral part of the beer Connecticut, uh, you know, the beer community here in Connecticut. Oh, absolutely. Where like he has a lot of input and a lot of um, feedback for what's going on around him and realizing what's going on in the community where it's like as an outside 
brand coming into the you know into the market like what's going on you know like yeah. what do you see as a different perspective so so as somebody who's clearly super not, not uh, knowledgeable and have your ear to the ground let's get a little futurist you know like let's let's look to the future i love the future that's where my anxiety lives oh let's <laughs> hang out there i right? watched spongebob one time and they said in the future everything's future chrome. everything will be chrome everything's chrome SpongeBob. look look at the tanks they're already there Fuck. Um, it's already happening what do you think the future of this industry in this state is like what like, all right, so this is obvious. This is still like a niche thing, I think, for the general public. I think a lot of people love the craft beer scene and being a part of it. At the same time, I feel like there's plenty of people who kind of like, that's for, not me. What do you? How do you think you can get those people more involved? And what do you think is going to be like a big pivot in this industry? So to be a hundred percent honest with you, here in Connecticut, the biggest question is. Is the craft beer industry saturated? Right? That is a big question. Yes. I had that question myself. That's something that all of us face every day and all of us um, get asked on a regular basis. And to be honest with you, I'm not going to say it's saturated because no matter what brewery you go to, they specialize in something. Right. Or they make something really awesome, like that one style that you're going there for. Or the you know? atmosphere of it is alone is good enough. Right, exactly. Proximity is also there's fine. just there's so many variables involved sure. that you can't just pinpoint one thing. So, um, so just like where are we going with all this? You know, like obviously it's it's you, we're using it to promote great events to bring more breweries to light. You have more breweries growing, which obviously bring more jobs for people to participate Absolutely, in. Yeah. People are using their influence for a great causes like you and Tom M have explained before for charities and there's people using that for uh, great causes. So like you can see how it's expanding outside of just what you can shrink. I just wonder like where where are we going? What's exciting? So Thank you for turning my gain up. Here's yeah. the thing. Um, Connecticut is definitely behind mm -hmm. when it comes to the so we gotta get world. our shit together is what you're saying i didn't want to say it but we're kind it. of like cavemen we're, we're like 10 years behind we suck yeah we kind of suck tom I'll, m don't make that face I'll, look I'll, at I'll, fucking look at every craft brewery in every other state around us debated connecticut is 10 years 10. behind i don't know if we're I, they're that far behind i mean we've all we started behind because literally what is this Alverum is what, going on five now? Yeah. Right? So Alverum is going to five. Back East is going on nine. Nine. And then everyone Beard else is, nine. is Counterweight nine, is just nine, about nine, like nine, 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 ten. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you go Willowbrew, Nebco. And so like, when I said we're ten years behind, you made a face, but I'm actually quite accurate. No, 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 no. No, I don't think we're ten years behind in our beer. I think we're making fast action and moves to get. I, I think we're probably five years behind. We're not making the huge stouts. Behind who? Behind what everyone wants. You got to look so in the no market one, around us: New York, Massachusetts, Vermont. Massachusetts. Who trades like for Connecticut beer? What breweries do they trade for? Fox Farm, twelve percent. A little bit of Alvarium. If you didn't say Alvarium, oh, I was going awkward. to cut your goddamn head off. A little bit of Alvarium. With that hat. Because I sold a can of Ecto Cooler for oh, like fifteen dollars well, online. The sours go nuts here. They have to. And King Cluster, yeah, let's well, not it, get into I that. I still have a I sold a can for $25. We you raffled should, off a whole growler. You for should like, fear for your life right here. now, Tom. No, I don't. But that's. But where are we now with that? Like, what? <laughs> Fuzzy Baby Ducks has lost, not lost its momentum, but it's not tradable anymore. You know, it's a little bit here or there. But, like, if you look at states, what is the state that people, like, Evan trades. Do you still trade? Okay, he used to trade. He used to trade. <laughs> but what in Connecticut besides Fox Farm? Fox Farm, the main. Kent Falls is actually Kent a good one. Kent Falls. But There's yeah. some good counterweight, yeah. Nebco. But not huge. They're not side project. They're not Vail. They're not, you know, Weltworks. They're not they're, other half. Yeah, they're, they're not, not other. They're 450 not North. Yeah, okay, or fuck four, you. Yeah, <laughs> no, exactly. I, that's it. This so this is You want to know something? <laughs> Sorry. Evan, go ahead. All the reasons why you were saying, like, the like the the few breweries that have like trade value, 
um, they're the reasons not to trade. They're the reasons just to go there yeah. and get bottles yeah. and like pick them up. But, like I, I haven't had a, a bottle of barley wine better than Copestone in like the past year. Ayo. So, so whether we're behind or with it is dependent on our trade value? Well, and that's the thing. So, like I was saying, I feel personally, and again, this is in my own opinion. Clearly, Tom M. is 25 years ahead of me because he's an old man. He's seen oh. a lot more in his day than I have. <laughs> okay, boomer. <laughs> okay, boomer. <laughs> so, here's the thing. What I know is that... Pertaining to the direct Connecticut market, not even talking about my brewery specifically, right? Because I know our value and what people are willing to do for our beer. And it's kind of weird sometimes. I get a lot of weird messages in my DMs. Going to cut you off. What is the weirdest DM you've gotten? Around? No, no, no. (laughs) I have screenshots. Around? Tom M. may or may not be involved. Oh. I'm joking. Let me me finish. Around... (laughs) Around Alvarium, obviously, Around not your personal Alvarium. ones. Yeah, no. Yeah, not no, 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 and that's the thing is people people obviously. mix uh, business and personal. Sure. They're like, hey, I see you work at Alvarium. Too weird. Don't like With that. the eyebrow thing. That's like, not what hey. I'm asking for. Is there I'm an emoji saying. for that? There is. I guess it's the one where they like, I'm doing it with my thumb. No, but like, okay, so my, my innocent brain is like someone's like, I'll... <laughs> no, you have to. You have to say what you're doing. No, you got to leave it to the imagination, man. Yeah, whatever, dude. So my okay, so my innocent brain went to like people were like, I'm gonna trade you like five empty cans of like Treehouse Julius for like Ecto Cooler. I'm thinking weird like that. Do you get any? You weird just said empty cans for Ecto Cooler. Oh, they're called empty collectibles. People oh, who have. That's how you get away yeah, with yeah, the trading. I've seen. Mm, so uh, I've seen both. I don't so know. So here's the thing. Jury's out. Um. <laughs> Do you trade empty cans? Do I don't trade, trade empty cans empty. for full cans. I feel like we need to like make this. a fucking like platform called Only Empty Cans <laughs> instead <laughs> only of Only cans. Fans. Only cans. Only cans. So, uh, brewery, uh, can we only please cans. Only Cans? <laughs> and it's just empty cans oh, be for these and collectors. And every can has a label that the TTB would not want. Would not want whatsoever. Yo, okay. Now so we're cooking, you, right? Yeah. Right? If you tried to All release something that the TTB shot down, and you're like, "This is the rejected style." People would eat that shit. And you, so and you here's the thing: we're the kind yes. of brewery, we're the kind of brewery that asks for forgiveness and not permission. Let's so, go, so like, oh yeah, wasn't that glory hole? Glory hole is now glazed because totally we had to be a little more PG. But if you read the side of the can again, don't just. Here's the thing. A lot of breweries put a lot of fucking effort into marketing their brands. Don't just look at the front of the can. Please read the story on the side. This goes for anybody anywhere in the country. Please, please, please take the three seconds to read the side of the can. Or we'll find you, right? We'll we'll find them? I will find you. I'm scared. Right? We'll we'll, we'll come after (laughs) them. Yeah, don't look at me. We will personally attack you if you don't. So, like... This That's the thing is work. like you just have this visual in the front and you're like at the grocery store or liquor store and you're like, oh, this looks cool. And then you pick it up and you go home and you just crack one and drink it. Please take the five seconds to read the story on the side yep. because a lot of breweries get missed for that. And it's frustrating being in this industry because that is one of the few pieces of real estate that we actually get to tell our story. Please, please, please take the five seconds to just examine the whole can. Like, even with us, we just started doing cool, different designs with our, even just our barcodes. Like, yeah, I noticed the crunch. The barcode has, like, is boring. Noodles. Nobody gives a fuck about that. But, like, just turn it over and look at it. Sometimes it's a donut. Sometimes it's a race car. Sometimes it's like, just. Really examine the label work on it because we pay the, desi- the designers a lot of money to implement that into our branding. And it's another piece of our story. Yeah. Like, we don't want you to just be like, oh, this beer is cool. I'm going to pick it up and I'm going to drink it and just fuck this. I don't care and throw the can away. You are Really a, examine it. You are in the right podcast to be talking about appreciation for can labels. And, yeah. And all of their glory. Uh, or we, bottle labels, like yes, any of that. All of it. I've seen some really funny things. Like, was it, um, I think it was Lagunitas that did the hop, what was it, hop water or something? Oh, yeah. Hop yeah, water? Okay, so yeah, that's, 
Oh, shit. And the thing is, like even when you turn it around and it says, like, the Surgeon General's warning, and, like, it's yeah. something that's so overlooked because it just usually just says, like, pregnant women shouldn't drink beer. But, like, something as simple as that, there's no alcohol in it. If you actually turn the bottle over and read it, it's hilarious. It's absolutely hilarious. And it's another piece of their brand, and it's you should absolutely do it. Yeah. I, it's like find it for a while in Connecticut and now it's like spotty but like if you if you're trying to go NA for any reason like just yeah go in and ask for it hop. Lo- yeah hop something like it's 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 like it tastes like hoppy sprite like it's really? just, yeah it's fantastic so I've heard of like hop 2o I've heard absolutely of absolutely like delicious yeah there are some are you like I was out delivering on the road <laughs> and I stopped in an account and dropped off a bunch of cases and they were like hey have you had this before and I was like I haven't so, like, they gave me a four-pack, and it no alcohol, whatever. Like, I thought it was just, like, hoppy seltzer. Mm-hmm. I cracked one open, and I drank it. And that's the thing. When you start working in the craft beer industry, you start examining everything. Like, you're looking for spelling and grammar errors. You're looking for, like, oh, you got the independent seal. Is your barcode good? Is this too centered? Like, you just really start examining Can you recycle this everything. for five cents in various yeah, states? Yeah, like, can you actually, are you Ooh. registered with your local UPC vendor where you can actually get your five cents back because the government is always trying to steal our money? Like, oh, yeah. you know, and like, that was something I discovered. Like, I'm sitting in the Alvarium van after dropping off beer and I'm just like, I just need something refreshing, but I don't drink soda and they gave me this hoppy seltzer four pack. Yeah. So I'm just sitting there and I'm just like, cool. I'll like popped it open, examined the label. And even as something as the Surgeon General's warning that we all have to put on all of our stuff, like pregnant women can't drink alcohol, blah, 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 whatever it Boring. might be. <laughs> but like they made it fun and exciting because the Lagunitas brand is really fun and exciting. That like cool. they made it fun and it was just like. I don't even. I can't even give it to you verbatim, but it was just something fun. Like you can drink this whenever the fuck you want, kind of thing. You know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like you like IPAs, but you know what? Here's something that's a great alternative. Like they made it really different, and they targeted their audience, and they knew what they were doing. And I thought it was a great. Branding. One of my biggest pet peeves is when we go to a brewery and we try to find a beer that we're going to review or something. And the label ends up being something, uh, it's just like their generic label, and then they write the name of it on sh- in Sharpie. Like, the name of the beer is like just written on the can in Sharpie. That is but are you getting crawlers? No, no, they're cans. They're cans. It's usually and, like and a I, lot and smaller. Listen, it's not that I don't understand why. It's not that I'm sitting here going, what the, what, there's no, ex- there's an excuse for this. It's 100%. You have to pay a designer, you have to do the whole thing. I get it. I, I don't like it. I just think, I think you, it's a whole package thing. I think, I start with my eyes. That's why I, I brought I you with, this. I start with your eyes. This uh, trial by Wombat, which we actually reviewed. Thank you. You know what? Damn, All right. I really didn't think you were going to hear that. Of course that. I did. I've been hitting on this Damn. guy for years. Um, I'm just going to turn my mic off now. I just heard <laughs> that they were roommates for a long time, yeah. and now I'm skeptical about their actual relationship. Your hands are sweaty as fuck. <laughs> what <laughs> the hell? Listen, man. Got sweaty hands. Anyways. I love the label. I love the I whole mean, design of it. I think it. I think it's worth putting the extra effort in and money in because I think it, it pays off in the end, especially if you're going to put your cans out there. So put the effort in. So Just I will counter your argument. Please. I'm not smart. And I'm a, I'm a hard fighter. Are you ready for this? I will probably. She's about I don't to think you you're ready so for this. Stupid. I'm probably you not. You ain't ready for this jelly. I'm just saying. Just give up. Just say you're wrong. Yeah, you can move on. I, I'm going to stay. I'm going to double down. You're wrong. Go ahead and say your argument. <laughs> I haven't even heard it yet. Not the smooge. Not the smooge. So here's the thing. When COVID happened. Sure. It's just sure. It's not a big deal. Um, I didn't say it wasn't a big deal. I was like, sure, I'm with you. I'm he's in like, it. He's like, yeah, whatever, bitch. Continue. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm... Your 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 the first premise of your argument I already agree with. COVID did happen. We're on the so same page. So here's the thing: <laughs> all of us scrambled to get our beer into the market. Sure. Right? All of us local small microbreweries were just like, listen, we have a ton of beer in the tanks. It's March. The government just shut everything down. We got to find something to do. So we found a temporary label design, like you're saying, mm-hmm. and it just said like, the beer 
the percentage and the style and what it is mm-hmm. and a small description on the side. And I will tell you personally from a sales and distribution aspect, now, terrible idea because you have that same label on the shelf for different brands right. with the same label and it's consumer confusion. I agree. I will agree with you on that. Come over over here. But I came from work. <laughs> this is what I do for work. <laughs> she's just she's just gaslighting you. She's about to drop the hammer on you. Go on. So, but I will tell you that in a time of need, when you have to make sure that your bills are paid, mm-hmm. you're keeping your business afloat, mm-hmm. you are able to pay all of your employees to make sure that they are fed More and important. housed and clothed, and you want to make sure at the end of the day that you are not sacrificing any piece of your business and right. reputation to get your beer into the market. You do what you got to do. I agree. And your explanation before COVID? Got him. Oh, fuck. Wow. I'll fuck you, Tom. If you see... Uh, uh, cans on the shelf, written with Sharpie on the label, uh, outside of like any national pandemic. That just me. If you, if like you really um, are looking to support the smallest business possible, like you should you should be buying those because that, that just means they they didn't get they. I mean, they probably got UPC approval for the, just the generic label, but like you, I mean, at that point, at that point, like they're literally there's somebody getting paid nine to five to like scribble that down if it's not the owner just trying to keep his business afloat yeah don't get me wrong i'm not saying i wouldn't buy it i'm just saying i really i personally i start with the label so when it is something generic like that i go okay this beer better be really interesting to me and i usually usually it is at that point it's not going to be something where it's like and and it's description on the label something that i've had a thousand times before it's going to i when i go there it's going to be one of the more interesting ones maybe they're experimental ones maybe something that they wouldn't yeah. sell um no, uh, sell enough of because of that so i'm i'm with you. i get why it doesn't happen and i'm not faulting faulting it i want businesses to not to put emphasis in their product at the most important part in in the craft beer industry the most important part is the product inside the can and then you also want to have money to pay your employees and make sure that you have a place all more important when you get to that point though and outside of a pandemic please it it really adds to the culture adds to the product as a whole i implore people to really spend the time that you described of not just the label itself the design and the and the font but go beyond that text on the side uh, description words weird stuff with the barcode uh, all of that i i i'm just with you i'm just with you on the whole thing i just when i see that i go okay i wh- what could that look like if they actually designed that label and then i think about it so well, that's, that's something we like that's something we constantly uh, like and it's opening up a bigger issue because like that's something uh we bang our he- bang our heads against the wall every monday meeting when we're having our sales meeting because uh, just as a little insight to like what we talk about like B-side is so many people's go-to at, at any any. It was any, mine. Any any beer fest. Confirmed. I have people coming up to me saying, like, "Oh man, like, oh, and, and we it's it's always the last thing to sell at the beer fest." But people keep coming up over and over again and, and getting in. They're like, "Oh yeah, this is my lawnmower beer. This is my everyday pour." And like, I I know that B-side would just take off if we just put IPA anywhere on the label. And like that's and it, it it speaks to your point about people being like yeah label visual description first is like if it wasn't a hoppy blonde because like everybody like wants to if you're an IPA lover you get more and more into it as you go and you just want to be challenged with hoppier and hoppier things but I, I would I, like B side is actually hoppier than like something like Platinum OG which is like a like it's like a New England IPA mm-hmm. yeah so like that that and it's just because of the label like. There's a, there's a, we, we, and I, I'm, I'm real proud of our labels. Like, you should be. We have, they, this is. we have a very. You don't have to yell about it. It's okay. <laughs> We're all right I, here. He turned the gain up. And I'm so sorry. <laughs> and you might be more proud of them than I am. I am. It's going to be fun to edit. One of my favorite beers we do and has like one of the coolest labels is Supreme. 
It's, it's, a, it's like a little bit of a hazy kind of West Coast IPA, but it has a picture of our brewery dog, Banks, riding a surfboard, like, on, on a big oh, wave. Oh, yeah. Like, and it's just, cool. it pops, it's bright blue, but, like, as soon as, you know, like, that, that grabs your attention, but as soon as someone sees West Coast IPA, like, I, I just had a store turn it down today. Really? Like they didn't. Yeah, he 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 saw. He didn't read the description, and he saw like. And then he on the invoice he saw West Coast IPA, and he just he just said, "Oh no, that's not going to sell here." Yeah, I don't even think he had it before. And I was like, "You're missing out, man. This is my favorite beer. This is this is my favorite IPA we make right now." And I was and I he just yeah. But, but he was interested in the um, in the label to begin with before he read that. Yeah. He saw, he saw so it starts right. somewhere, right? And that's and that's the thing when I was saying about like the whole. When COVID happened, we had to start doing these temporary labels because we had tanks full of beer. Right. It was like a 911. What are we going to do? We got to sell this beer. We right. can't just sit on it. And the the glorified part of this whole entire process was that we really recognized what the com- the beer drinking community wanted. Oh, yeah. And like B-Side or Supreme or like a lot of these small batch beers that we usually only made for in-house sales or like a small portion of distribution to keg accounts, we started realizing like, hey, you know what? There's a demand for it. Maybe that's kind of what transformed it into being its own brand. So I 100% understand on the consumer side of things with the temporary labels and Mm -hmm. just being generic and like going to a brewery and getting a crowler filled and you're like okay this oh is crowlers cool. i don't like, count like those that's, like yeah for either sure. way like you know you go somewhere and you get a four pack and it's just handwritten on the side but like to me personally like i love that i love going somewhere and i'm just like i see that four pack and i see the generic label like you know to shamelessly plug a couple of breweries like aspatuck in Bridgeport Love or Hog River in Hartford. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like those are the kind of guys where they just have the generic labels and they're like, it's a small batch thing and this is our label and we hand wrote it in. But like to see that handwriting is just like for me as a beer drinker, it's like you took the extra time to personally you have no idea what goes into packaging no, it sounds like, like really like intense and long. It's How dare an you, intense, it's I an might intense be process. I'm into it. Even for like before our can, before our canning line really became like a more permanent solution. Um, when we had our expansion, when we were just doing crowlers like with our special beer releases, instead of our tap room employees just handwriting like ecto cooler or bomb pop or whatever like kate went the extra mile to print out these like clear labels that fit perfectly on our crawler labels where we just like you know what i mean like we just went in and we we knew it was going to be a high volume sale and we just labeled all of everything and we were like this is the whole bucket of ecto cooler crawlers before we had our canning line up and running. And that's, you know, like, you look at temporary cam, uh, can designs and you're like, uh, what's kind of going on here? But it's a test to the market. Sure. So for us here, when we were doing that here in-house and we were filling crowlers, it got to the point where Kate was like, I'm not filling 400 crowlers of Ecto Cooler on a Wednesday night before Halloween. Or I'm not filling 338 crawlers of cluster jam the night before Thanksgiving. That sounds so good. Yeah. Like, that's that's kind of where all of that is rooted from. And that's the background stuff that not a lot of people can, um, you know, a lot not a lot of the beer drinking community can appreciate. Because mm-hmm. they just come in and they're just like, oh, this is so cool. And they like get their crowler or they come in and they get their pour and they go home and they don't think about that further. When I see handwriting on any bottle or can, I only think about, wow, that must have taken a lot of time. Right. And I just only think there must be an easier and better way. <laughs> and that's and, and I know. Well, and that's kind of what Kate did. She right. was like, I'm not going to have my employees here three hours early. No, just it's brutal. Just right. 400 crawlers. It's a lot. Of fucking cluster nutter early. So she expedited the process because she's fucking good at that. 
she's a problem solver and she was like you know what she went to staples she found the clear labels oh and she was like fuck this i'm printing it we labeled bins of crawlers as like a pre-made thing and she was like we're just gonna send it and we there were times on these quote-unquote hype beer releases that we were like, okay, cool. Like, we'll pre-label 200 crawlers. I've been here for it. Like, we're all sitting on the couch, just like sitting there labeling. And what are you listening to? You don't do that in silence. What are you listening to? Oh God! Don't lie we're, to me. You know we're you listen emo to girls and boys for life. Yeah. Do you, do you listen to Gorgoroth? Yeah. I don't know who that is. It's okay. It's black metal. It's fine. A little mayhem. No, we're a little bit. We're a little bit more like we're like <laughs> old school. That's angry boys. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's more. That's it's that. more like hateful boys. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're more like uh, sometimes it's Fleetwood Mac. Fleetwood Mac rumors. Rumors. Yes. Okay. Good yeah. album. Good album. Yeah. Good album. We listen Shout to a lot of uh, old school uh, rock. We nice. listen to a lot of what's uh, old school rock. I'm always curious what people think is old school rock. Like Foo Fighters. Yeah. They're old. Right? Yeah. No. God, no. Okay, cool. Well, some people say they're like one of my favorite bands, so it's fine. No, I love Foo Fighters, but that's not old school Some people school will rock. say. That's the not the category at all. So Fleetwood <laughs> Mac is the old school rock. Oh, my God. Led yeah. Zeppelin, Pink oh, Floyd. Okay, okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, exactly. So all right. I, I just have one last question. The <laughs> hard seltzer craze from someone who is. Uh, okay, great. I'm, I'm, I'm indifferent about it. So um, do you, think you the craze love is, it? Do you think the hard seltzer craze is okay? Whoa! Do you think the hard seltzer craze is over? Do yes. You th- yeah, y- yeah. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Did you, did you Good. See, did you Stop. Uh, Stop making seltzer. hard seltzers. Nobody they wants to drink them. Like Stop it. Cans of truly. Now, right into the Barston Harbor. Yeah. That's too. Right. That's like yeah. It's a revolution, folks. It was two on the nose. Part. When two macro nose. brands have to recall thousands Every, of cases of their own fucking seltzers, why did they do that? That's a goddamn Usually sign. Because it was dead. Because they weren't. They truly prides themselves. Everybody missed the mark. Seltzer with fresh fruit. And like it's a fresh product, so when they when they realized they weren't stop gonna be able to making move, seltzer, it's garbage. <laughs> when when uh, they real, truly realized it wasn't all going to be able to move that fast, they bought it all back and they dumped it. And like and and uh, everything like tr- seltzer didn't take any effort to make seltzer. Like it, it went from zero to a hundred real fucking quick. Yeah. So uh, like yeah, and so now everything's jumped the shark to craft cocktails. You can get like true. Ooh, high, high, I mean, I love me a good crab cocktail. I have like twelve. I am such a lush. Yeah, no shame. Yeah, and uh, like last this time last year, like you had um fucking uh twelve. What is it? White claws. Yeah, you had probably had your. <laughs> I was your your fridge was, was probably full of white claws. Like and because there's no laws when you're drinking claws. God but, damn it! Ain't no laws. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no, it's totally. Gone. It's gone through. It's like it did in one year what craft beer is taking like ten years to do. Yeah. It went through all the flavors. It went through all the like. Bud Light Seltzer was coming up with these fucking crazy like you know apple spice seltzer like and stuff like that. Yeah. And like yep. and so now if if you're not now apple spice garbage. <laughs> Got him. If you're not like going higher alcohol without keeping the same amount of like drinkability and, and lack of burn yeah. and that's that's where and crushability well they can crush yeah, crush, that's, that's <laughs> a good word for what I'm like <laughs> encompassing uh, yeah like if you're not going with craft cocktails like dogfish head I had, oh, I had yeah. like a, a blueberry acai like dogfish head craft cocktail like you buy it in four packs yeah, of yeah, stores yeah. I'll never look at a craft uh, a craft seltzer again same I'll never look at a hard oh, seltzer again you know like, what my favorite they, is right now yeah. not to be like a homer but area two's ranch water obsessed with ranch oh, water so so I love Though ranch water. That is, I, I can drink all of the grapefruit H2 Roads. I will say I that. Love, that I love don't H2 get me wrong. That if there is, the is a local I, brewery I that's still. making hard seltzer, I'm absolutely going to support them. I'm going to buy. So Reluctantly, hard, though. No, no, no. Oh, okay. Mostly because I'm of not, the fact. I'm trying to get engaged. These are questions. These are just <laughs> questions. Guys, we're interviewing. Mostly because of the fact that no matter what I do, I'm always going to support local over everything. So because heart, before Hard Seltzer became the pinpoint of the game in the craft beer world, I was buying Bestie Seltzers oh, from uh, the Seltzer. Beer Axe, yes. a.k.a. Really um, what was it before the Beer Axe? Overshores. Overshores. Like, I 
I loved them. Like, I don't even care. Like, I'm going to buy their shit no matter what. But at the end of the day, I'm always going to support local before I even buy Truly or White Claw or any of those macro brands. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, we're all trying to make our edge in the market and another dialect. So even us here at Alvarium, we have it hard sipping seltzer. And I don't want to take credit for it, but like. She's going to take credit for it. When we were talking about getting into the craft seltzer world, I was like the only way based off of our brand, because we're hard hit in beer, we're going to be hard sipping seltzer. Mm, I see what you did there. And I'm going to hook you guys up with some of our hard hard sipping seltzer. Dude, I like that. I, you know what I love? I but love a like, million dollars. <laughs> She's going to hook me up with like a million dollars. <laughs> I have a million dollars worth of beer in oh, my basement. True. You guys are what's, invited to my it, next bottle share, by the way. This is my last question. We'll wrap this up. Bit of a personal question. What's in your fridge? <laughs> oh, boy. So what's in my fridge? Uh, homemade blue trees dressing because a lot of the market stuff is garbage and it has a lot of fillers and nonsense like i make my own homemade blue cheese dressing with like true blue cheese crumbles and like lemon juice and garlic powder and salt and pepper and mayonnaise and i mix it myself salad dressing share because i'll go to that you have a salad dressing is alvarian making salad dressing confirmed here on the podcast alvarian will be making salad dressing Um, blue cheese Congratulations on that, by the way. Also in my fridge, based off of the last bottle share that I had, Jesus Christ, there's so much beer in my fridge right now that I can't even... You have 30 seconds to name them off. Go. All right. Um, 30 seconds. You have 20 seconds to name them off. Go. (laughs) 10 seconds did not go that fast. (laughs) How would you know? All right. So there's a a Boris from Firefly. What is time? There's um, a really awesome, I don't remember what the name is. There's a barrel-aged stout from back east in my fridge. There's definitely a couple. It's called barrel-aged stout. Yeah, there's definitely a couple. I there and I know what it's called. Yeah. There's definitely a couple of Fox Farm stouts. There's definitely a couple of Kent Falls Sours because that's for my own pickings because I'm super selfish about the beers that I share with my humans. Um, Then there was like this really random bottle of like, I don't even know what the fuck it was, but it was like the label was coming off and I don't know. How old is it? What's it's in it? Easily ten years old. Whoa, no! Let's go. You guys got to come to my so, next bottle share. Yes, we gotta go. Fine, fine, we'll do it. Yeah. What happened to the bottle? We trust. I have it. Yes, I still have it. For the people who pay attention to our podcast, I have a growler in my fridge, but I, before I moved, and I gave it to Tyler, and it. Um, we don't know what's gonna be in it at this point. No. It was Ein, the uh, like Octo- Mars and Style beer from Two Roads from like 2014. I'm pretty sure I've created Ooh. a new life form inside of it. It's it's room temp. I'm not Absolutely. throwing it out. So there you go. Anyway, bottle share. A, a bottle, we're gonna kill people if we do that. Do we, oh, I open that up. That's like, that's like uh, in uh, 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 in uh, in Last of Us with the clickers and shit. Oh yeah, okay, sure. Happen. Alienated really everybody just there. Yeah, but that's we just fine. alienated everyone. Anyway, uh, <laughs> to wrap this up, Cherokee, Evan. The person next to Evan. Just kidding. Producer Tom, Tom M. Producer Tom M. Executive producer Tom M. Uh, I just want to say thank you in all seriousness for doing this, for coming on. It's always a ton of fun to like coordinate this and put it together and just genuinely learn about how you've gotten here and just the industry in itself. On behalf of Jeff, you can also say it Don't too. talk for me. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> with Jeff. On behalf of myself. Thank, thank you for inviting us and thank you for coming on the show. Thank Absolutely. you so much. I'm so happy to be a part of this.